Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. We've got a higher trade in the grain markets here on Wednesday. It is 6.30 a.m. Central Time. May corn futures up four and a half cents at 642. May soybeans up 17 cents at 1572 and three quarters. May Chicago wheat up two cents at 787 and three quarters. May Kansas City wheat up two at 811 and three quarters. May spring wheat up two and three quarters at 953 and a quarter. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating. Leave me a review if you have not already. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you hit that subscribe button. I think we can get to 4,000 subscribers this week or certainly this month. And my goal for the year is to get to 5,000. So help me out there. Hit that like button. Leave me a comment. Uh, help me to grow this channel. If you'd like some additional assistance from me, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Go to that website, click on Grain Marketing Plan here in the upper right-hand corner. I've got a subscription service. It's $49.99 a month. You should check it out. Almost all my subscribers are farmers or people involved in agriculture. You'll get my morning email. It goes out every business day about 6.15 or 6.20 a.m. Central Time. Uh, it's very timely every single day. In that email, you'll get uh, every overnight headline you need to be aware of, a ton of weather information, charts, all of my grain marketing recommendations. You will also get my subscriber-only videos. Uh, there is a new subscriber-only video uh, every single day of the week. I did one yesterday that was a little bit off-topic. You know, 95% of the time I talk about grain markets and grain marketing and that sort of thing. Uh, yesterday, I talked about the U.S. dollar, uh, asset valuations, the Fed, the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar, uh, some of my longer-term thoughts when it comes to asset valuations and investing, and actually some of these off-topic videos are, are some of the most popular videos I do, to be honest. So if you guys are interested in that, uh, sign up for that subscription deal, guys. Uh, try it for a month. If you don't like it, cancel it. It won't bother me, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it, certainly. Russia said last night that it was returning more weapons and troops to bases in a gesture that eased fears, at least momentarily, regarding an invasion of Ukraine. Last night, Russia released a video showing a trainload of armored vehicles moving across a bridge away from Crimea. However, there has been no indication of a significant withdrawal to this point. As a matter of fact, NATO said just this morning that Russia continues to build forces in the region. President Biden said yesterday um, in a press conference at the White House that the threat of an attack remained. Biden said that the U.S. will give diplomacy every chance to succeed in regard to this situation. Uh, Biden spoke at the White House. He said Ukraine and NATO are not a threat to Russia. So still very much a fluid situation here. Uh, again, like I said yesterday, guys, the headlines are exhausting. This news cycle is exhausting, but this is a big deal for our wheat market and our and our corn market, also the soybean market in a roundabout way. Uh, so we've got to keep an eye on it. I don't love talking about it every day, but uh, it's something that is important. We had a crush report from NOPA out yesterday, kind of a disappointing number. The National Oilseed Processors Association said that uh, its members crushed 182.2 million bushels of soybeans in January. Uh, that was about four and a half million bushels below the average trade guess. It was down 2% from December's record print. It was down about 1% versus the same month last year. This was not a terrible number by any means. It was just slightly below expectations. Uh, soybean oil stocks were about flat on the month, but up almost 13% versus the same month last year. Stocks were generally below trade expectations. Bean oil stocks generally have trended higher since June of last year. Uh, USDA just increased their projection for soybean crush in uh, last week's report. So, uh, we don't, this isn't the end of the world, this crush print, but we don't want to see this turn into a trend either. 
More analysts are reducing their Brazilian soybean production estimates. Well-followed crop scout Dr. Michael Cordonier pegged the crop at 124 million metric tons, uh, down sharply from his previous estimate of 130. He said that conditions are worse than expected and that additional yield losses are possible. Well-followed South American consultancy AgroConsult pegged the crop at 125.8 million, down sharply from their previous estimate of 134.2. So most groups continue to kind of move down into the mid-120s in terms of their Brazilian soybean production estimates, citing drought and poor production prospects in the country's southern states as cause for the reduction. Northern and central areas of Brazil are going to finish with pretty good crops. Uh, Generally speaking, it's the south that is very much problematic. Now, Brazil's second corn crop appears to be off to a pretty good start. Planting is ahead of schedule. Your forecast for northern and central areas that grow the second corn crop is pretty wet. There's also second corn planted in some of these southern areas, although uh, these far southern reaches of Brazil here are not big areas for the second corn crop. So that's not a problem for second corn. But some of these areas of of, uh, Piranha in particular, uh, which is a southern state, uh, that's still a big area for second corn. So you've got kind of a mixed bag here. I'd say the forecast is generally favorable. This map on my screen is the next seven days. If you go out through like the 15-day period, you've got rain for almost all of these areas and even these drought-stricken southern areas. So I'd probably make the argument for the sec- for the moment here that uh, Brazil is off to a good start with this second corn crop, which is interesting. You know, last year, Brazil had a record soybean crop and then a disaster of a second corn crop. This year could be the opposite. They could have a, a poor soybean crop and then a very good second corn crop is, is still very much um, a possibility. In regard to Argentina, um, and you can't see the whole thing on my map here, but uh, rains are going to be only scattered. I don't see enough rain in the forecast here. I think you're going to see reduced uh, production estimates for Argentina here. Uh, the next few weeks, certainly. Wholesale inflation remains elevated. The uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics released monthly producer price index or PPI data yesterday. PPI rose 1% in January and is up 9.7% versus the same month last year. So essentially record high inflation on the producer side. Um, That data set only goes back to about 2010, though. The trade had expected um, a monthly increase of only uh, half a percentage point. So the, the rate of inflation was double expectations in January. Why does this inflation continue? Uh, There are a number of issues here, and they're debatable. But supply chain bottlenecks, a tight labor market, strong demand, easy money policies from the Fed. I would also make the argument that inflation and all this talk about inflation, it's given every company in this country and around the world a green light to raise prices. So it's kind of a domino effect. Like if you were a company and you want to make your earnings look better, uh, you've now got a really good excuse here in inflation to raise your prices. I know your costs have gone up, but you can raise your prices maybe just a little bit more than you need to and uh, uh, pad that bottom line just a little bit. I think that's uh, part of it as well. So the higher than expected inflation print leads uh, for calls, of course, for bolder action from the Fed regarding rates and policy. Now keep in mind, guys, all of the talk regarding the Fed and rate rate hikes it's all talk. They haven't done anything yet. They're talking about hiking rates in March. What is actually happening is this. You've got a 4% unemployment rate, which is very low. You've got inflation at a 40-year high, yet the Fed will continue to buy uh, $30 billion worth of U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities this month. They've still got rates at zero. Uh, the Fed is still very much supporting and uh, and uh, adding to this inflation problem, if anything, in my opinion. And, and uh, a lot of people who are much smarter than me share that opinion. So uh, the Fed... I think is behind the curve here. They need to act. They haven't. USDA reported a flash sale of soybeans to Mexico yesterday. Just about 4 million bushels split evenly between old crop and new crop. Uh, Not a big deal there. 
The cattle market was higher yesterday. Um, there was not much in terms of cash cattle trade to speak of. Uh, slaughter numbers still good, 123,000. The boxes were a little bit lower. The outside markets, the U.S. dollar is down just marginally. The stock market's off marginally. The S&P's down 10 points. Uh, the Dow's down 80. Bonds up a little bit. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil's up $1.24 in the April WTI, 91.45. Have a great day, guys. I will talk to you tomorrow.